0: You are listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes, a production of the Ephesus School Network.
1: Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. The company of the angels was amazed. Hi,
0: this is Father Aaron Warwick with Jason Everett, and you are listening to the Teach Me Thy Statutes podcast,
1: episode number 49. Today's reading is from Mark chapter 4, verses 10 through 23. At that time when Jesus was alone, the disciples with the twelve asked him concerning the parable of the sower. And he said to them, To you has been given the secrets of the kingdom, but for those outside everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn again and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown, and they hear. Satan immediately comes and takes away the word which is sown in them. And these in like manner are the ones sown upon rocky ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world, and the delight in riches, and the desire for other things, enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that are sown upon the good soil are the ones who hear the word, and accept it, and bear fruit, thirtyfold, and sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a bushel, or under a bed, and not on a stand? For there is nothing hid except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If any man has ears to hear, let him hear. Our reading today immediately follows the parable of the sower. Before we look specifically at today's reading, Father, would you begin by discussing, in general, the use of parables by Christ and, and why they're used with such frequency in Scripture?
0: Yeah, that's a good question, one that really gets to the heart of the matter as it relates to Scripture as a whole. And the reason I say that, that I say that it relates to Scripture as a whole, is because I've become increasingly convinced of the importance of viewing essentially the entirety of Scripture as
1: parable, and also of the importance for parables as guiding principles of our lives. It's interesting. So maybe you can unpack this a little more for us to help us better understand.
0: Yeah, sure. I'll I'll give it a shot. I think we can just start, though, with your original question. Why does Christ so often teach in parable? And I think the reason for that is simple. A parable is really nothing more than a story that teaches an important lesson. And for whatever reason, we human beings are wired to better understand, or at least to better internalize, moral and spiritual lessons when they're told as a parable or as a story. I mean, think about human civilization and its development. Even if you Go back before there were books, there were drawings in caves, for example, people telling a story. And you have all sorts of oral stories and traditions that develop over generations, all in order to teach important lessons. And then you finally have books, and look at how many books we have today, different types of novels and so forth, most of which are trying to impart some sort of lesson. And we have movies today. Again, the same thing. There's always supposed to be a moral to the story, but
1: that moral lesson is taught through a story. It's an interesting observation, Father. Why do you think this is the case, that we remember better through stories like this?
0: Yeah, well, I, I really don't know if I have an answer for that or how relevant it is to our discussion, but I suppose part of it is based on the human imagination, So that imagination allows us to enter into the story, so to speak. You know, we might identify with certain people in the story and feel in a sense like we're actually in the movie or in the book. Uh, But in any case, no matter what the reason is, uh, what I've said about the power of stories is indisputably true, I think, to our human existence and has been part of every human civilization, as I mentioned And think about how many times in in conversation we might talk to each other about these stories, about these parables, or how something reminds us of something from a movie scene or of a book that we've read. And we Christians, then, if we do what we're supposed to do, if we read the Bible on a regular basis, then we also talk to each other about how our lives fit into the biblical narratives, into the biblical stories. And so, When we quote things, when we say a verse from scripture, when we recite a famous line from a movie or a book, there's a broader context there because it's part of a broader story that has sucked us in, so to speak. It just, it helps us to make the point that we're trying to make. And that's what Jesus is doing, rather than just telling his disciples, hey, you need to go preach the gospel to all people, and even if they do not appear to be accepting it, don't worry, just keep
1: preaching because eventually some people will accept it and good things will happen. I see what you mean. That's definitely a more direct statement, but it doesn't have the same impact. Yeah, right. And and, and you know what? It was really hard for me to come up with that statement. You know why?
0: Uh, no. no. What made that so difficult? Well, I mean, it's difficult because several times I— automatically wanted to use words like sow or seed or fruit. But I tried to stay away from those words because those words were all used by Jesus in his parable, in the story. And so it just shows you how powerful a parable is. I I had a difficult time, you know, when we were uh, discussing this episode before coming up with this direct command that summarized Jesus' parable of the sower, because that parable has so much power that it has me using those allegorical terms that Jesus used in the parable without even thinking about it. So again, it just, it penetrates deeply. And so what I wanted to say, what I naturally would have said if I didn't stop myself was, hey, go sow the seed everywhere, and even if it doesn't grow, eventually you'll find good soil and the seed will bear much fruit. So I'm saying the same thing in that statement that I just made as I did earlier, using different words. In my first example, it was just a very direct statement. And then in this latter statement, I used words from the parable. And anyone familiar with that parable will know exactly what I mean. It has more power than just directly telling someone, don't give up on preaching the Word of God, even if it appears to be unsuccessful right now.
1: Interesting, Father. And I see what you mean about the power of these parables, And I think it's a good illustration, as you said, that you can barely summarize the parable on your own in more direct language because the parable, the story, penetrates us so deeply. One thing I'd like to probe a little bit further is what you said earlier about Scripture as a whole and the role of parable or story in the broader context of Scripture and not just specifically related to Jesus' teaching.
0: Yeah, so I I think we make a big mistake. I would say also that it's a very modern mistake if we understand the Bible as a whole as being primarily something besides a parable. And what, what I mean by that is that it's a mistake. Again, a big mistake in my opinion. To take a book that was written millennia ago, and obviously you have a little bit of time there between the Old Testament and the New Testament, but both of them well over uh, several millennia ago, and to somehow apply our modern ideas and thoughts and understanding onto the text rather than trying to gain an understanding of what the Bible was doing on its own terms and in its own time. Okay, Father, again,
1: maybe you could unpack this horse a little bit more.
0: Yeah, uh, today there are many people, for example, who pit modern science against the Bible. On the one hand, you have people who reject the Bible because it doesn't fit with modern scientific fact. And then on the other, you have people who reject modern science on the basis of parts of the Bible not agreeing with that and stating... That they don't trust modern science, but instead they put their trust in the Bible. And what I'm saying is that both of these camps, I think, are making the same mistake. So both camps are viewing the Bible as though it is a modern-day science book. And if you step back and look at it, this idea is a fundamentally arrogant approach to the Bible. Because it assumes implicitly, now obviously you know, none of these people would say this explicitly, but you can see implicitly it assumes that we modern day human beings are the center of the universe. That the Bible should speak to us as a science textbook. And not just as a science textbook, but as a science textbook based on the way that we define science today. And so one of the things I'm saying is step back and see if that's really what the Bible is doing. And the clear answer is no, that's not what the Bible is doing. That's not what anything or anybody was doing at the time the Bible was written. So what is the Bible doing, Father? Well, I'll get to that, but don't knock me off my soapbox just yet. I'm not quite (laughs) finished. The other thing I wanted to say uh, to preface my direct response to your question, I will respond to that directly, is that you also have people today who want to examine the Bible as though it's a historical book. And again, not just any historical book, but a historical book as we in the 21st century would define a historical book. And yet again, you can see the hubris, the arrogance behind that. Why do we think that we get to define how the Bible should have been written? As Christians, we ultimately have to submit to Scripture. We're beneath Scripture. Scripture should define us. We don't get to define it on our own terms, but again, we must submit to its terms. And so again, as with those who view the Bible as a science book, those who view it as a historical book by 21st century standards end up in one of two camps. The one rejects the Bible because there are some stories that don't line up exactly with what we know to be historical facts. And the other rejects what we know to be historical facts, saying that they'll choose instead to believe the history of the Bible as though, again, it's a history book by our standards. And again, both of these camps are wrong, and they're missing what the Bible is ultimately doing.
1: All right, so I'll ask again uh, what I did a minute or two ago. (laughs) uh, What is the Bible doing? Third time's a charm, huh? So the Bible is providing us
0: with a parable, a story, a narrative that will guide our lives no matter the age that we live in, whether it's the ancient world or 21st century America. And by speaking to us as a parable, as a story, it has much greater power than a mere science book or a history book. These books just give us facts. They're like the direct statement that I mentioned earlier The one where Jesus just directly told his disciples to go preach to everyone, even if many didn't accept it. There was nothing wrong with that statement, but it, it didn't pack the same punch as the statement that used three or four words from the parable, that used the allegory from the story. That was so much more powerful. And so, in my opinion, by reducing the Bible to a science book or a history book, we sort of cheapen its impact, because the Bible is actually the ultimate parable. It's the parable through which we view our lives. We should see ourselves in the biblical stories. We should understand our daily interactions with others in light of the parables and the stories of the Bible. We should see how we're like Adam and Eve, lusting always for more information, more knowledge, even though it isn't always the best thing for us. We should see how we're like the Pharisee, priding ourselves in our piety and in our accomplishments, and not like the tax collector or the publican daring not even to gaze upon God, but simply crying, have mercy on me, a sinner. We should recognize ourselves in the apostles as being with Christ and professing him, but then so often turning away when the road gets tough and it's time for the crucifixion. So you see, if we limit the Bible to a historical or a scientific textbook, then it adds not nearly as much value to our lives. But when we understand the scriptures as parable, then the story is not about something that happened a long time ago, or even that's something that's going to happen in the future, but it penetrates our lives here and now.
1: Thank you, Father. In today's episode, we examined the role of parables in Scripture. Father Aaron began by stressing the importance of viewing the entirety of Scripture as parable, as well as the value of parables as guiding principles in our lives. Simply put, A parable is a story that teaches us an important lesson. And we are wired to better understand moral and spiritual lessons when we are told as a story. Rather than stating in more direct language what the moral of the story is, Christ uses parables to penetrate more deeply, to ingrain the lesson on our heart. Father then discussed the common mistake of viewing Scripture as something other than parable, In modern times, there are those who set contemporary science against the Bible and those who reject science because it does not always fit neatly with scientific fact. Both views suffer from the same flaw, as it assumes that those of us living in the 21st century are at the center of the universe. By reducing the Bible to a science text or a history book, we cheapen its impact. As Christians, we are not allowed to define Scripture, for Scripture defines us. We are beneath Scripture and must submit to it.
0: Thank you for listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes. We hope you tune in next week for a new
1: episode. Alleluia, 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 glory, to thee, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia glory to Thee, O God. Alleluia, 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 Glory to Thee, O God. O our God and
0: our hope, Glory to thee